G'day wedding planners, you are listening to the To Be Wed podcast, a podcast where we share stories and tips and tricks about the wedding industry so that you have the motivation and the inspiration that you need to plan your perfect wedding. My name is Mike and along with my wife Emily, we are the hosts of this podcast. We recently got married in 2022 and it was the greatest day of our lives, but I was 25, Emily was 23 and we both felt very isolated from the wedding community. We both struggled financially to plan our wedding and we really wanted to make this podcast to be able to share the information that we gained along that journey and share some of our knowledge and some of our wisdom with you guys as well as just sharing some interesting stories. So let's jump in. We are back with another episode this week and we're going to change it up a little bit because our last few episodes have been on weddings and one of our goals this year, if you listened to that episode a little while back, was to talk a bit more about relationships. So that's what we're going to do today. But first, can we just talk about how expensive everything is at the moment? I feel really bad for people who are currently listening to this podcast who currently may be planning their wedding at the moment. The expense of everything in everyday life, I feel like we're just drowning under expenses at the moment. Everything's The price of everything's gone up and I can hardly imagine what it would be like to be saving for a wedding at the moment. Yeah, I feel like when we planned our wedding and had it, it was kind of just before this like an this peak that just keeps on going up. And for our American listeners, I'm sure it's very similar over there, but I know at the moment here down under, it is, you know, cost of living is through the roof and rent is going up and groceries is going up. I actually feel like I have a bucket and I have a hole in my bucket and I'm trying to fill it up with water and it's just never filling. Yeah, it's a bit like that. Hey, like it seems to be income comes in and it just goes straight out again because everything's just so expensive. How do you feel about people like I, I think about it a lot when people are planning for a wedding, when people talk about how expensive it is, and obviously it's expensive to plan a to plan a wedding and to, to actually pay for a wedding day. Um, and I often tell people to only have the size of a wedding that they're comfortable to pay for or only like to be able to stick within their means, right? I, I think that's always a good advice and don't go above and beyond your means on your wedding day and, you know, try to only do what you can do at this stage in life because people have high expectations and feel like they need to spend more than they maybe have on their wedding day and I, I never think that's a great idea. Um, but I'm also conscious of the fact that people may be planning into the future and think, well, I don't have this much money now but, if I'm planning to be engaged for 18 months, you know, if I average it out, I will be able to be able to put an amount away every week to be able to pay for this wedding. When the cost of things is just increasing, how do you plan for that sort of stuff? Like what do you do when, when you're staring down the barrel of like you're getting married in a year's time but how do you know what is going to be in a year? Yeah, I think this is this is where you get stuck between a rock and a hard place and – something that I don't think you and I have a lot of experience with because we were in a very privileged and fortunate position to have the money there. And I think my position on this has changed a lot in the last three to six months because I would have been like, oh, yeah, like you get married in 18 months, put away 
you know, figure out how much you want to spend and put it away. But I think it's changed because you and I have had expenses just feeling like it's coming out of the woodwork and not only expenses that were unexpected, but when we got our electricity bill, it's so much more than we've ever paid before. Or, you know, when we get another bill, it's so much more. So, and we, because it's the first or second time this is happening, it's a price that we haven't anticipated. So there have been weeks where we couldn't put as much into savings as we originally planned for. So I think it's a really, I don't really have an answer to it. I think that you should always go under what you think you're probably going to be able to do. So if it's like, oh, well, let's put away 100 a week, you know, maybe aim for 50. And if you do 100, that's that's great. But I mean, in terms of achieving your goal, go under the amount and then you might get it. I think the other part, part of that is also like we know that and most people who have had a wedding, you plan an amount and it doesn't usually end up on that amount. You usually end up more. So I don't really have an answer for that. I think it's something that, you know, I'd love to hear how other people have been doing it or how they're approaching it and what it's like planning a wedding for an up, you know, this year or next year or even the year after. Yeah, it's obviously hard, right, when you've planned a date and you've actually confirmed vendors and paid deposits and you know you have an outstanding amount that you mm. now owe. You're now basically in debt to these people. You can't really like postpone it, move it back. And, and if that is an option for you and you're able to do it and it's still like within your means, then yeah, for but by all means, then if that's something you have to do, then that's okay. But normally it's not the case that you can do that. So you're looking down the barrel of still having to pay off this big amount of money. I think then it comes to like other things that you haven't planned then have to be like you, you may have to like scrap some things. You know, you may have to really strip it back to bare bones. Maybe you've only just got the venue, a photographer, hair and makeup, and you've already booked these people. Well, then maybe you've got to look at other areas, you know, and it mm. is very sad to think you may not be able to get some of the things or thinking about little things you are able to be able to do yourself or who you can ask for help on other things and actually do things yourself. I think that's a big way to be able to save a lot of money um, and actually cut down on on some of the things, cut down on expectations of what you think you need because – Often you don't you don't need everything that you think you do, um, so yeah, I think it's it's really hard to be able to have that conversation. But I think it's an important one because when you do have less, you start to value what you've got a lot more. Yeah, but you know it makes me a little bit sad, and the only reason it does is because I feel like we are cutting corners in every part of life at the moment. Like we're compromising on every part and. That feeling like, you know, we've been there of being like, oh, like there's this one time in my life that I just want it to be nice. Like, is that so hard? And you think about the fact of how many hours you work or all these kinds of things and you just think I'm working, 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 working and I'm trying my best and it's just a cup that's never feeling. And I I feel like that with the weddings of like, yeah, of course you don't really think about it on the day, but I remember how important it felt when you were planning it when we were and just the sadness that can come from compromising. But that's not what we wanted to talk about today. That was a bit of a, a little bit of a sad note to start on, but I think it is something that is impacting a lot of people and maybe we will make another episode on that. Today we are talking about relationships and, and right back to the start about talking about the idea of, of a spark in a relationship. And and I think this has come to us 
a lot recently as we've reflected on our relationship and thinking how nice it is um, to not be out in the world these days alone and, and, and on the hunt for on the hunt on the hunt for a partner. <laughs> you know what I mean? I yeah, feel like yeah. it, single. It, I mean, dating single, at the moment sounds rough. <laughs> it sounds rough now, but it, it definitely did sound rough over the past few years. Um, with people being in isolation and things like that, it would have been very sad, and, and I don't. I definitely do feel for people in that situation. But I feel like in today's day and age, going out on a date is a very different experience than it was for like five or ten years ago. And so we were sort of having a chat about this, and we thought, why not make an episode about it? Yeah, I really like this this comment because one of the things. It not only is about the start of your relationship, but it's also about how your relationship progresses. And I think it's a question that kind of comes to us pretty regularly about, oh, well, how's married life and how are you enjoying marriage? And it's always a weird question to me. And I think that we wanted to touch on as well, like how do you maintain that spark or is the spark even existent when you're married or, you know, you've been together a long time and should the spark be something you look to. So I wanted to ask to like kick us right off. When we first met, was there a spark for you? No. And I've been honest with this before. There wasn't probably. But I think that's because I was never someone to believe in a spark as such. Yeah, if anyone's listened to the podcast where we explain our relationship, we didn't even have the idea that we wanted to be together. So I don't think I was even looking for a spark when we first met. And I kind of think that's a good thing, right? Like I feel like if you're walking in trying to meet someone and expecting there to be a spark, I, I, I don't know. I feel like that could be a very sad game to be trying to play with yourself. Because who is to say there's a spark and who's to say there's not? Like what is the de- definition of a spark? That's that's the one thing I've always um, sort of been weird around. Yeah. Because I feel like it's not something that you can explain, you know. Like if you're going to wait for this fairy tale ending or fairy tale thing to happen on the first date, then you might be there a while. And who's to say that's even required anyway? Yeah, and I always think about, like it's almost like a test and I think about the first time we even went on a date and I would say there was maybe more of a and even this like I don't know if it was a spark as such and we were friends so we had that basis beforehand but you were quite nervous on our first date and so I don't think we were actually who we were on our first date and I I feel like that's probably for a lot of people like you don't just meet someone down the street and you're exactly who you are and I think people have this idea that the spark is this mix of chemical and physical and it makes this nice little reaction. But I don't think we give enough credit to how that can develop. Like I think once you have more of an emotion, well, for me personally, when you have more of an emotional connection, the physical and connection builds and I think you can grow a spark. I don't think the spark is this thing that has to be lit up the very first time you meet each other. And obviously we're not saying that you have to stay with someone who you're not enjoying spending time with. I think there's a very big difference here. I think there's definitely, you can definitely get the wrong feeling from someone, Mm. you know, and I think that is necessarily true. Um, But just because you're not 
you know, in awe of this person the first time you meet them and think that we're going to be together forever doesn't mean that it can't eventually work. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're enjoying talking to someone and getting to know them on a first date, to me, that's enough to go on a second. Yeah, exactly. And it's that weird thing, right? Like opposites attract, but also people who are the exact same attract. You don't really know after you've met someone the first time whether that's going to eventuate into something. And I think to me it's like if you're enjoying that person's company, if you think they're like a nice person, you can definitely continue that on and try to see where it goes. The idea that there's so many options now, and I know that might sound awful, but I'm a bit – I don't love dating apps and partly that's because like – we were lucky we didn't meet on a dating app, but in the time that I was single before us, I was on a dating app and I hated it. Like I hated choosing someone based on their looks, something I didn't know about them, and then going out on a date and then thinking, oh, well, there's a hundred other fish in the sea that I can just go back on my phone an hour later and keep going through. And I feel like we're not actually giving time to develop that that quote unquote spark, because I know for you and I, we were friends for a while. And I feel like if we didn't actually give ourselves the time of day and we were seeing other people or whatever it might be, then I don't think we would have ever pursued this relationship. Yeah. I think like our interest, I don't think overlapped at all. No, we we were probably pretty opposite. Pretty opposites. But what overlapped was, you know, our ideas on life our thoughtfulness, the things that we we really care about in life overlapped a lot. But you wouldn't get to that on a first date, I feel. You know, if you're just meeting someone the first time, if you're talking about interests or things that we do on a day-to-day, there was not much overlap, Mm. you know. And so if you wanted a spark there, there probably wasn't much and you wouldn't get much deeper the first time you meet someone anyway. Mm. I also have to go back on, you know, the whole – idea of a spark like where did that come from yeah and what where in our minds are we being told what this idea is because it has to come from somewhere right like do we get that idol do we have that model from other people in our life i'm a big advocate that it comes from like movies and tv yeah and that it's been handed down to us that there has to be this happy ending and that everything's going to be all like sunshine and rainbows yeah I definitely feel that with relationships in general about it's like if you're not 100% happy 100% of the time, then you must be unhappy. And it's one of the only aspects I feel like we do that in life in a way. Yeah, I wish people applied that same logic to like their jobs or something. Like if they didn't like the job, they just move on to the next one. Mm. Like no one does that. People stay in jobs they hate forever because it's, you know, it's stable, they have an income. You know, they, it may not be great, but there are aspects of it where they enjoy it, so they'll just hang around. Whereas in a relationship, I feel like these days it is easy to move on to the next one, even after you're in a relationship. Like this, let's not even talk about the start. Let's talk about once you're in a relationship. I think that is the whole idea of people hesitant to stay with someone because they don't know if it's the person that they can be with for the rest of their life. Yeah, that actually kind of leads me to my the perfect segue to my second question that I had for you, and that is, do you think that we have a spark now? Well, I, I still don't believe in a spark, so I couldn't say that we have one. I definitely think that we still enjoy spending time together, you know, and I still think we're mm. working very well together, you know. I don't think that 
there isn't a spark, but I don't believe in a spark. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's hard, hard to sort of quantify. But I think other people are under the assumption that if you're not happy all the time, then you're not happy. Yeah. The reason I ask is because one of a question that I've gotten quite a few times is how did you know you were ready or how did you know they were the one or more specifically you're so young. Like how did you know that you want to get married? Like that's a big thing. And I, and I kind of think about this whole idea of a spark because I think that people don't get and you can get married whenever it feels right for you. But I think we've moved away from younger marriages because, and I think a lot of people would say, you know, you've got to go try, you've got to go live. Like you don't want to be settled down. You don't want to make that kind of commitment until you're older and you know what you're talking about. And to an extent I agree, but I also don't because I didn't get married to you because I think there's a spark between us. Like that wasn't, I do think, yeah, of course we love spending time together. And there are days that I get that quote unquote spark, but I wouldn't say it's every single day that I feel this huge magnetism explosion of feelings because I just don't think that's realistic after a while. And that's what annoys me about when people look for a spark when they first get together because, or when they even go on one date, because it's not realistic. Like you're not, you're not going to, the spark is not what is going to keep the relationship alive. There's so many other factors to it. I do want to say though that, you know, our relationship is much stronger now than it was when we first oh, started yeah. together. So I think time is the big is the big factor in everything that it does grow over time. Mm. It's like any investment in your life, it grows over time and only gets better and better. And that's that thing with like I'm – look forward to having been with you after like 10 years, after 20 years. I look forward to those days mm. and so I'm wanting to start that earlier. And I think the people that say, well, you've got to try before you buy and think there's always a better option out there. I think the best option is being with someone for a long period of time. So the earlier you can start that, you know, that you can only improve with this person if you are actually in it for the right reasons and trying to grow together. I think you do grow more together than you would apart. Yeah, and I always get interested as to like what is green eye on the other side. Like I don't think there's a single person out there who is a 100% ticks every single box is going to be perfect. Like I just don't because everyone by the time that even you're 20, I think you come with your own childhood, you come with your own trauma, you come with your own lived experiences, happiness, joys, quirks, whatever else. And so – I don't think there is ever going to be someone who's – because no one else is you. No one else is exactly you. So I don't think there's something greener necessarily on the other side. Obviously, this is having – there are exceptions to this rule, of course. Anyone who is in a toxic relationship, we're not saying that that is where you have to stay for 10, 20 plus years. But I think that you can grow a really nice relationship and you can grow your own sparks and you can grow your own perfect. I think it's also worth saying that there are hard times Mm. because I think that's something that's not spoken about enough and not reflected enough because, you know, we don't often hear about the the. We don't often hear about the issues or the troubles that people have in relationships and there are hard times, you know, and I think that is healthy. 
I think if you're not having any issues with your partner, I think something is wrong and you're probably hiding something and you're not open and honest with each other mm. um, because you will have issues with each other because you're not the same you're not the exact same person, and if you were, that would be that would be bad anyway. You know, you don't yeah. want to be that, so you're going to have problems. And I think that that is not displayed anywhere to us in society. You yeah. know, we're not often around other relationships in those hard times. So when people get to hard times, they think that well, this must be the end. You know, this must be it. I don't want to ever have to feel this way. And I think that that causes people to think, well, there is no spark. This is. This is all too hard and I'd rather go back to earlier on when you're in a relationship, it's probably all easy because there are no issues because you are still very much your own person. Yeah, I was actually talking about this with someone and we're talking about how when you fight in the early stages of a relationship, you're like, so what, does this mean we're done now? Like that's the thought because you're like, fine, we'll just end it. But I feel like the longer you get into a relationship and you get past that point, like even before we were married, it got to a point that whenever we argue, we know that that's not the end. We know that or whenever there's a hard time, that's not the end. It just means that there's more communication and we'll get through it. And I, I find it so liberating that we are at a point when we disagree or we argue or maybe we're going through a hard time. I know that that's not the end of us. That's not the make or break of our relationship. And that I can express my views and you can express your views in an environment that is safe and know that someone is going to stick with you when maybe it does get, times do get a bit rough. And I think that that is something that long-term, more long-term relationships have an advantage over. And that's what I mean by, you know, you can grow and it can be special. And those feelings of the grass is greener. Yeah, it always feels nice to have a chase. It always feels nice to have people chase you. But it's different when you're in a long relation, long-term relationship. Yes, you might not get that little fun moment, but you get the other fun moments of being in a relationship and getting through hard times together and the closeness that that forms as well. Yeah, I kind of see it as like a bit of a dip in the middle. Like you do have that initial spike. And then it does sort of drop off and then eventually it will it will like pick back up but when it picks back up it's going to get higher than that initial mm. spark. It continues climbing, right, and it will eventually overtake where it was in the beginning. So many people don't sort of stick through it long enough to get to that point. So they've only experienced the spike at the start and then hard times and then they're out. Yeah. And so they think, well, this spike at the start, if it's not just continuing on the up and up, then it's not the right thing. And mm-hmm. I think it's sad because, yes, you can live a life where you're just continually having that high at the start where you're continually out on dates with people and trying to like when you meet new people. But eventually you're going to get a bit over that. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to put yourself out there a little bit more and say, well, you know, this is not 100%, you know, the perfect person in the world. But yeah. you're never going to find that. And I think, as you said before, like today's society is a little – kind of like led us to believe that we have access to everyone and that we there is a person out there for us so we'll just keep throwing everyone else aside until we eventually find that one person. I think you'll just end up throwing everyone aside if you keep trying to do that. Yeah. Because that one person may have slipped you by because you didn't give them enough of a chance mm. to get through it. So, yeah, it, it's very, you know, interesting and I tell people that I'm like, that's why I'm so glad where we are now because we've we've gone through that that hard patch, 
And even like we were talking the other week about you asked me what you asked me what has changed in our relationship since we've been married, and I think that's one of the biggest things. What you were saying is that you know the, there is more security there now, of mm. feeling like I can actually come to you with something, and knowing your first response is, "Well, this is the end of us." You know, to have that hanging over your head is never a nice place to be. So now that I feel much more comfortable to to be able to talk to you about everything you know and and feel like that it is a very safe environment to be able to speak about hard times because everyone knows that they do exist yeah and I think boring times exist too like it's not just the hard times but eventually you're gonna know the person pretty well that you're gonna stop talking about memories as such like before you because you've probably talked about it all and you're probably gonna stop talking about your favorite you might talk about the sport, but you don't need those initial kind of conversations. Like they do wear out and there are boring times. And I think when you're looking for that, that initial high, it's like, well, it's not going to be like that because like anything you can get bored. And I think that it's okay to be bored in your relationship. So it's like there's hard times and there's just boring times where your relationship's at a lull. Like you're just coasting and I think that's kind of what you're talking about, that you get like that spike and then it lulls because maybe your relationship's not moving and we are always encouraging and we try in our own relationship to have exciting goals or things to kind of go forward or progress our relationship. It doesn't have to be marriage or buying a house or whatever, but it might be booking a trip together or it might be going somewhere nice or trying a new hobby together that I think can progress your relationship that isn't in this constant search for a spark with each other. And you do have to try harder, right? In the beginning, it's very easy to to do things to have have a good time with another person because everything's like new and exciting. You definitely have to try harder once you get further into a relationship. If you stop trying and just start and you're just hanging out and you do the same things all the time, of course you're going to get bored with it. Mm. But you can't forget what you would, were trying to do at the start. You know, people go out of their way for someone at the start of a relationship and do things and throw things aside and only hang out with them all hours of the day and go and spend all the money in the world to go and eat out at really nice restaurants, but then once they get further into a relationship, they end all that and then they wonder why the spark is gone. Yeah. It's because you're not doing the same things you were that was bringing you that spark. So that's why also I think it's a good point to make sure you're being yourself at the start because acting like someone you're not is not sustainable and if you're not going to be yourself at the start, I think this is something that people learn. You know, it, it takes people a long time to learn that you know, not being yourself eventually exposes itself a little bit later down the track. So being yourself from the start is what is able to maintain that through because you're not going to have that period where you were acting to be someone else and maybe that's why you're enjoying it so much. And now you're not that person. Now the other person's not that interested in you. It's eventually going to wear out. So making sure that there is consistency and continuing on things that you were doing at the start that were enjoyable. And I know that's something that we try to do and try to keep up things that we really enjoy because, you know, that is the part of the reason why we enjoy so many of the things we do. Mm. And I think the other thing about looking for a spark is that people change. Like if I was to ask you right now, are you the same person you were when we met, which was five and a bit years ago, what would you say? Well, probably not, no. Yeah, like the core of you is, but... Your interests have changed, the way you speak has changed, the things that you value in some regard has not changed but shifted. Like, And so I think that when we look for this 
this person. It's like, well, yes, you need the similar values and morals and life direction, but you can't expect that person to be who they are when they met you or that first date or when you wanted that spark. Like, and I'm not saying you shouldn't look for a spark. I think there has to be something, but I just don't think it is going to sustain a relationship. And I don't think we should be throwing out relationships because of this first person, this first date. We have also grown together though, right? And I think mm. that's one of the one of the really biggest things in everything, in any relationship is that you grow together. And, you know, and if you're both in it together and both on the same page, you can grow together and there doesn't need mm. to be, you know, this spark from the beginning and you don't often have to love the person for who they are because you will grow with that person, you know, and if you're both committed to spending time to actually talking to each other and actually having openness and really sharing things with each other, you'll grow in things in life together. That is where for me the actual true love comes from and not that spark, it's the it's the quality time that you spend with another person. It's the yeah. things you've grown in together. And as long as it's someone that, you know, you really enjoy spending time with who's a, a, a really good person, I think that is, at the end of the day, that's I'd rather that than be hanging out for 100 years trying to find this one spark person who's going to be the perfect person for you just to find out that you'd never really were into that person anyway. Mm. So, yeah, I think about quality time and, and making sure that you're spending time and growing with another person is much more valuable in a relationship than any spark could ever be. Yeah. Here, here. Good point. I want to kind of round the episode out with we've talked about our views on the spark or views on that, you know, elated feeling you kind of get. But what are some things that we do to I know we don't necessarily or you don't necessarily believe in the spark, but what are those things that we do now in our relationship that I guess help to foster a spark or or a special connection or make things exciting when uh, we have been together for a while now? I think a lot of the things that we do revolve around um, projects that we're working on together, mm-hmm. like having having goals together. I think is super important and I think it's important in a relationship to have your own individual goals as well. You can't lose those. But I think one of the big strengths of a relationship is being able to have goals together because mm. you can't really do that in any other aspect of life. So having a partnership where you're planning to do things together keeps a spark alive I think because it helps you, you know, work together as a team and you both – it really shows the strong points of a relationship and you're, you're what it's able to be. I also just think spending quality time with the person, you know, like you have to put time aside and it's been one of the biggest things for us. So we know when we don't spend time together, that's when we both get annoyed at each other because we don't know what we're up to in each other's lives and we're not happy because we really gain a lot of value from spending time with each other. Yeah, that was going to be my one and it's it's something that we're consistently working on but we're really prioritising time with each other because – I feel like when you get in a long-term relationship, you get to this point that you're like, I'll do anything for my friends. I'll drop anything and I'll go out for dinner and I'll go for coffee or, oh, they want to go to this but I don't really want to go but I'll go. And you make so many compromises for your friends but then when it comes to your partner and they're like, hey, I want to go for a walk or let's go out for coffee this day and you're like, oh, no, I don't really feel like it. I'm not really up for it. And you get – like you get lazy in your relationship because you know that person's going to be there. So you and I have been really trying to recently, it's one of our kind of 
I guess goals is probably an okay word to use, is to be prioritising that time together and doing what we would do for friends but for each other and making sure we're not being lazy with our relationship. So, yeah, and you're right. Like we get we have way more. It's kind of weird because you'd be like, oh, if you're spending time away, you wouldn't get annoyed at each other. But we get more annoyed at each other because that resentment starts to grow because you're like, oh, well, what? You're not going to hang out with me. You want to go hang out with blah, blah instead. Yeah, and I think that goes back on what I was saying earlier. Like when you were first starting a relationship, when you're going out on dates with someone, you would like drop everything to be able to go out on that date with them. Hmm. But now it becomes easy to just hang out with friends when they ask. But if you were to say to your partner, let's head out on Friday night, they'd be like, oh, I don't really feel like it this week. Hmm. But if, a, you know, another person asks, you'd be like, okay, I'll go. But so you have to really prioritise that and I think that has been really important to us recently. Yeah, and I think as you said before, like trying new things but trying it together like you and I like to go to wineries, so we try and do that together and do those special things together or try new hobbies together. I think having a joint kind of hobby or interest does really help because then it helps guide those goals and it gives you something to look forward to and get excited about together. And that is where I think we will leave today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this bit more conversational kind of podcast and you Maybe you didn't learn anything. Maybe you did. Maybe you just felt like you were talking to a friend. Whatever it is to you, we hope you really liked it. And if you did like it and you enjoyed this kind of podcast, let us know by leaving us a review. You can do that over on Apple Podcasts or you can leave us a rating over on Spotify um, or, you know, DM us at our Instagram at to be wed underscore podcast. We do like to read all those messages and get back to you. And it's really nice hearing your feedback and what you did like about each podcast episode. But until next time, make sure you share it with a friend, listen with your partner, go try a new hobby, and we'll see you at the next episode. Bye. You gonna say the word? All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Wait, let me get low. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. It's too very hard. I'll put that in. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew McConaughey. Share it around.